This week on One Body Stewarding God's Creation, principal of Holy Family School in Great Band, Debbie Hagens, talks about the principal joy of Catholic schools. One body, God's what is the highlight of Mrs. Hagen's day? One body. How is leading teachers and students in a Catholic school fulfilling? One body, God's well, let's find out. Mrs. Hagen's is being interviewed by Divine Mercy Radio's on-air host, Kelly Roper. Please note that this interview was originally recorded November 30th, 2022. Now we get to talk with Debbie Hagen's. She is the new principal at Holy Family School in Great Bend, right? Correct. Okay, yes. I caused a little bit of, of difficulty because apparently there's a, a Holy Family in Hayes too. And exactly. so people were wondering what happened, what happened? So so we are grateful that you are here. Thank little, you, glad yeah, to be here. So good, a little bit of introduction. Debbie Hagens is from Lenora, Kansas, but Utica has been her home since 1978 when she took her first teaching job. Debbie is a graduate of Fort Hayes State University where she received her bachelor's and master's master's degrees. Currently, she is working toward a Catholic leadership certificate from Creighton University. Debbie has been a social studies teacher and scholars bowl coach. She taught at Utica, Western Plains and Ransom, and then Sacred Heart School in Nest City, where she taught fifth and sixth grade. Last spring, Debbie was offered the position of principal at a Foley Family School in Nest City. So, wow, that is, that's truly an amazing um, career there that you've had since since 1978 so what is that like 43 45 years 45 years close to it anyway and uh so what a what a blessing to have you here with us today and and to talk about this this whole career you know what a wonderful thing to be an educator and to be able to to really form these these young people in mind as well as soul you know because now you're at a catholic school so you can really mind body and spirit is what we're trying to form with all of our kids too so So much different than in a public school yeah Uh, it's really important to us and as a priest said one time our most important job is to form their faith yeah and if we don't form their faith it's not going to matter what we do academically yeah however I believe in strong academics too, but their faith is number one. Yeah, I when I I you know I homeschooled my kids um, for most of most of their school years. It was my prayer was always that I will will form my kids academically for whatever God has in store for them, while keeping in mind the ultimate goal of raising new saints for heaven. Exactly, and that sounds like what you're you know exactly. very same thing that, that what you're doing. What inspired you to become an educator? And you know all those years ago, nineteen seventy eight. I thought about that uh, after you and I had talked, but the teachers that I had in Lenora growing up, especially my elementary teachers, were just salt of the earth people. Mm. And I knew from the time I was probably in fifth or sixth grade, I knew that that was the career that I wanted to have. Just wonderful, most of which were women, but I had one gentleman that was our seventh and eighth grade teacher that was fantastic. Yeah. So I owe everything to those people. Uh, They did a wonderful job and gave me a strong foundation to go ahead and go on to college with. I can remember our fifth grade teacher, and she was probably the one of the most influential ones I had, read to us every day. 
And of all things, that one of the books that she read to us was The Hounds of Baskerville. And you would never think fifth graders would like that, but we absolutely hung on every word. And just the things that she did is a lot of things I do as an educator, uh, especially with my fifth and sixth graders that yeah. I taught. And and so, you know, maybe before we start talking about being a principal, share with us just some of the, the memories that you have of all those years of teaching, both at public schools and then the transition into Catholic schools and, and just, right. you know, some of the some of the ways that, that you were able to form these young people. You know, when I first started teaching, the numbers in every school that I have been in has always been an issue. Mm. And the numbers meaning, do we have enough to have a basketball team? Do we, why did this family leave? That was really a crucial thing in, in my education career. And one of the things that drew me to Holy Family and Great Bend was the fact that they had more kids. Mm. And we have 182 that's enrolled and that's in our preschool through sixth grade that we go through. But a lot of the things that I remember as I look back on my career were the kids that, yes, I, I had excellent kids in my scholars bowl team and athletically I did too, but also the things that we could do to help kids to turn their lives around. And, uh, one of the things I remember probably the most was a little gal that was playing volleyball for me in junior high. And, you know, a lot of the junior high girls are worried about other things in their lives and boyfriends and whatever. And all this little girl wanted to do was get a serve over the net. Mm. And she couldn't all year long. She tried and tried. And finally, the last game of the season, she got a serve over the net. Uh. And that just didn't. I remember that so plainly because she was so happy and so was everybody else in the stands and and the kids on the team that finally she had done that. And those things, you know, we we forget the the smaller things yes. in life and we concentrate a lot of times on the materialistic things in yes. life. And that has always brought me back to what it's all about with yeah. kids. Ah, oh, so good, so good. How how different is it, you know, an educator for so many years, you know, 40-some years that you've been an educator and now moving into the position of principal? Did you ever dream it, and how different is it? Oh, it's vastly different. Um, I do miss teaching in the classroom, though, and I do miss teaching some of my social studies classes that I had. But the difference in it is... Now I have a chance to get out and meet the public and do things like this Mm. that I didn't before. Um, Probably the biggest challenge is we have so many state requirements and state forms and, you know, the new accreditation that we're doing. We have so many different requirements there. I have a lot of paperwork that I do, too. Um, But I also communicate a lot with the Great Bend Post and the Great Bend Tribune now to get our word out for Mm -hmm. the school and those kind of things I really enjoy Mm -hmm. doing. The other thing that I really enjoy now is bringing things that I know I have done activities for the kids before at Sacred Heart and then also in the public schools, bringing those into Holy Family Mm -hmm. because they haven't had those activities before. 
And, you know, so I think if I'm reading all of this correct, it also involved you you moving, right, uh, to to a new new town, to Great Bend. So there was a big transition there. So not only are you going from educator, but also to principal, but and, you know, to a new school that you had not been familiar with before, and also now living in a, a new city. So So tell us a little bit about how all of that transitioned and how you made that happen. My transition really took place fairly fast because I was offered the job in April and they had had a uh, interim principal or head teacher until that time. And so for once a week, I was going to Great Bend and meeting with finance council, meeting with the school council and getting a lot of the work done to get ready for school to start. And then still went even in June, but the 1st of July was when I really started. I have rented an apartment down there, and I am there and come home maybe every other weekend. Uh, It's not really that far for me to go home. We live west of Utica, but that transition happened fairly quick, and people asked me, if I had a place to live, and that was kind of hard Mm -hmm. to find. Um, But everybody kept looking for me, and finally I had a breakthrough on that one. But the transition from the classroom to principal, you know, for a while there, when I first started at Sacred Heart, I was there eight years, and I still, for the first four years, was half-time at Western Plains. And so... I was there and still taught one or two classes at Western Plains, and then I went down to Sacred Heart. That was too much to do. And finally, I told Western Plains, I just need to be full-time one place or the other. And so I went full-time at Sacred Heart. And then that's when I started teaching more because we need to fill those spots. And finding teachers is very hard to do right now. It's hard in everywhere. Everybody's having trouble. It is. And that's one thing at Holy Family. We are so blessed with the faculty that we have. Strong, strong teachers and strong in their faith. uh, That makes our school very strong uh, of what we offer for our kids. So we're fortunate in Great Bend. Um, So what's most fulfilling about your your new position here what 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 do you find you know you've talked a little bit about you know the the different things and how you were inspired and and are you finding being a principal you know it's very different you know with with more mm-hmm. paperwork and things like that so it's very different so are you finding it to be very fulfilling as well oh definitely you know one of my favorite times of the day is our doors open at 7.30 in the morning and I go out and stand in front of the school and I'll greet every kid that comes in. And they'll turn around and say, you have a nice day too, Mrs. Hagens. And yeah. that that's the highlight of my day is to be able to see the kids come in yeah. to the school. Yeah. So, you know, it is, it's, it's a lot different, but I think bringing things to Holy Family that they haven't had before, such as Scholars Bowl, and we've brought back the band program. We have an outstanding band director that came out of retirement to um, teach our band to our sixth graders, and then also to be able to bring those activities and to expand on those a little bit more of what they've had before has been really good Mm -hmm. for the school and good for me to see that 
they appreciate and enjoy those activities they haven't had. You've mentioned several times the Scholars Bowl. Uh-huh. So tell us a little bit about that. That's obviously something that's that's near and dear to your heart. Oh, it definitely is. That's when they play, you know, of course, you'll have two teams playing each other, but there's 16 questions in a round. And there's questions from language arts and social studies and science, math, fine arts, miscellaneous, maybe, and then current events. There's 16 questions. Yeah. And um, each question is worth 10 points. And yeah. then, of course, they do the scoring just like they would do for a basketball game. But that is it's very educational for the kids. The kids that have done that have learned an awfully lot from yeah. it. But it's so different than the other things that they've had before. And they find out, hey, this is, this is fun. This is a cool way to be able to learn. We hope to have, well, I know we are. I told my teachers this morning, we have two competitions coming up here, one in January and one in February that we'll host. And the first one, we're going to host all the schools in Great Bend. So we'll bring in the elementary schools from there. Yeah, public and and private. Right. Together. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That, and that will be mainly the public schools. So um, cool. It's really it cool is. that you can you can do that and and you know so many times I think sometimes our our kids maybe get I don't know what the word is, maybe lackadaisical. I don't know mm-hmm. what the word is just about, you know, the things that they, you know, yeah, I've heard that before, blah, 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 you know, if in, but yet whenever they're studying for a competition, it brings a new enthusiasm. Oh, it does. And then what I always find interesting too, is to find out the kids that are really good at this are ones that surprise their teachers. Yeah. Um, and maybe they've struggled with their grades, but they're so good. And the teachers will just be amazed when they watch them play that they really are good at this and so it brings out a different light for the kids we need to take a short break right now but don't change that dial we'll be right back with more from mrs debbie hagan's on the principal joys of catholic schools We're back on One Body Stewarding God's Creation. The principal joys of Catholic schools. With Principal Debbie Hagens. Kelly Roper conducts the interview. All right. So again, talking with Debbie Hagens, what has been, we talked about what's been the most fulfilling, what's been the most challenging thing as a new principal? You know, one of the things that's always challenging as a principal, and we never enjoy these, is when you have to work with kids that's maybe been in trouble and then work with their parents too. That's probably the biggest (laughs) challenge uh, to make sure that those kids are getting the needs that they have met and work with the programs that are offered through the public school because we do partner on all of those. So probably that has been the hardest part. And it takes a lot of time, mainly because I meet with the parents after hours, after school hours, to work through those issues. It's sometimes heartbreaking. It is. Yeah. But one of the things that has made it better for families to attend 
private schools is the tax credit scholarship program yes. that is out there. And now that if they qualify through free and reduced lunches, those kids can come to a private school and have their tuition paid because yes. the cost of the tuition is always an issue, you know, yeah. if parents think that they can afford that or not. But the tax credit scholarship has been a blessing yeah. for our kids. I think we had four children on tax credit scholarship, and now we have 21 on tax credit scholarship. That's really, and it's such a gift to be able to, you know, we pay our, our taxes, you know, we want to, we want to be able to take advantage of it a little bit. And right. and so, you know, that's such a, such a blessing because it's true that it, sometimes it's cost prohibitive. It know? is. And that's right. And parents realize that, and they've always wanted their kids to go to Holy Family or to any other Catholic school, but they knew deep in their heart, they just couldn't afford to do that. Yeah. And the tax credit scholarship has definitely opened the door up for them to be able to attend. Another question that that um, comes to mind is, you know, I, I read a study and I, I can't remember the source of the study right at this moment, but it was a study that showed that, you know, during COVID, many of the public school test scores went down considerably but that wasn't true with the Catholic schools. Exactly. Um, and I'm sure you probably saw the, the study as well. So, so why do you think that is? Well, I can tell you from at Sacred Heart when I was there, and that was when the height of COVID was and we were shut down. Within a week's time, my teachers had taken the Chromebooks that we had, got them into the hands of the families, and my teachers met every day. I had one teacher that started at eight o'clock in the morning and she wouldn't be done until 530 at night. Mm. And she was meeting individually with those kids wow. and keeping their education going, just like if they were meeting with her in the classroom. Yeah. So that dedication by the Sacred Heart teachers was what yeah. kept that one yeah. really going. You know, yeah. now one of the things that we have gotten, and Sacred Heart was part of this, and so has St. Joseph in Ellenwood and Holy Family in Great Bend, was a distant learning grant that we got from the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Mm -hmm. And that was an $850,000 grant to be able to continue distant learning. Yeah. So what that has brought into us is what we call clear touch TVs, yeah. and then also the capability that those kids that are homesick are still able to meet and be in the classroom yeah. without missing school. Yeah. And so half of our school has completely been redone for internet wiring and things like that. And then this summer we'll start and go down the other wing and finish that. Yeah. But it brought wonderful technology into our school for those kind of things. Because I think people realize the distance learning was so unevenly the field was for the kids, especially that lived in the country. But a lot of my teachers went right ahead and taught just like they were still having class. Yeah. And it was how hard the teachers worked is what made that successful. Yeah. And, you know, isn't that true? You know, COVID or not, the exactly. dedication of the Catholic school teachers is night and day to what we have, you know, 
and I don't know, I don't want to draw that parallel completely because I, I know there's some really, really good teachers in the public schools as well. But, but I think, you know, as a whole, the dedication, you know, they work for less money, you know, exactly. and, and, and they, they don't do it for the paycheck. It's that's no, for sure. They're you not, know? they're in it for the kids and yeah. they truly enjoy coming every yeah. day. They volunteer for extra things to make sure that the kids have ever opportunity that they can possibly have dedicated people. Tell us a little bit about what's the, the Catholic leadership certificate. How is that going to help in your role as principal? Well, one of the things that I'm studying right now is the class that's called Catholic school law. And there is a lot of difference between such as the contracts for teachers in Catholic school and how cases are handled individually from that. So I wanted to expand my knowledge on the emphasis on school law in the Catholic school. That's been wonderful. And the other thing they've also talked about too is deepen my faith formation uh, by taking those classes too. And there was mm. things that I would take back to my teachers that I have learned that they maybe have never heard of. Yeah. So it's been, Creighton has been very good. Yeah. So good. So good. And and it is important that we're able to, to build up ourselves. We have to receive before we have anything to give, right? So right. we can't completely right. deplete ourselves. And so you're able to do that and then bring it back to your teachers who in turn give it to the students as well. Tell me a little bit about maybe um, what you'd want the people of Great Bend to know about the things that, that are going on at Holy Family School and anything that we may not have talked about so far. Well, one of the things that I think everyone in Great Bend needs to know about and to be able to come see is our Christmas programs that uh -huh. we're preparing for right now. Yeah. Um, I was in the music room on Monday and listen to our fifth and sixth graders prepare because theirs is a, is a true musical and it'll be performed out at Barton County Community College. Their music is just wonderful. Mm -hmm. And if I sat in there for an hour, I could have listened to those kids perform mm -hmm. for another hour. Yeah. Very good. And uh, the backdrops that our art teacher, Hillary King, has created for the musical is just wonderful. It's going to be something people want to really see. We also have um, our K-4 through has a Christmas program that's coming up first on December 6th. And then we also have our preschool program that'll be held on the 14th. So wow. we are busy here for the next two weeks. <laughs> yeah. um, we had a faculty meeting this morning and kind of went over the events that we have coming and plus to be able to finish up the first semester mm -hmm. and to have our grade cards out and things like that. So that is big. We also are playing a little basketball with uh, Central Kansas Christian Academy. So we yeah. have game still to finish up for that too. But one of the things that you touched on was Catholic Schools Week, and that's when we start our pre-enrollment for the next year. Okay. And so we'll be getting a lot of information out about different plans that we have for next year and things that we would like to do to expand our school and to bring more uh, kids that are on the tax credit scholarship to get that word out mm -hmm. as well. So it's a busy time right now yeah. at Holy Family. Yeah. So with with the tax credit, what was the increase, percentage increase that you saw in your school? 
Well, uh, like I said, I think we had four or five students on it last year, and we jumped to 21 wow. kids now that are on it. And I've had one parent already speak to me about it for next year. Nice. She wants to bring her fourth grade girl into the school. So, But I do know Dodge City Sacred Heart jumped 40 kids they have on tax credit scholarship. Wow. So it has brought a whole new issue to, as Dodge City Sacred Heart said, they had to bring in more teachers. And they also have a language barrier that they're working with. Mm -hmm. That has not been what we have had to work with, but it has also brought the numbers in our classes up to where we are between 20 and 25 in each class. And then it becomes, do we allow that to become bigger and split our classes again. At one time, Holy Family was split. So we have a lot of decisions to make before yeah. we get to Catholic Schools Week. Yeah, and with the new enrollment, you know, then you have to decide or how, how open are we going to make it, right? Exactly. Are we going to split or are we going to limit? And boy, it's really exactly. hard to turn people away. Yeah, I had one family that came in last August and they had two children. One was a fourth grade girl and the other one was a kindergartner and our kindergarten is maxed out but I could tell from that little gal's face that was a fourth grader she wanted to come to Holy Family mm. so bad mm. and I, I went to my kindergarten teacher and I said can we put one more in and yeah. so we got her a full-time aide and brought that family in. And that little girl meets me every morning with the biggest Aww. smile on her face. <laughs> yeah. So that's, it's been good, but it brings other issues up too. Of how are we going to split or what yeah. are we going to do? Because <clears throat> 25 makes for a full room, especially when they're fifth and sixth graders. Sure. Yeah. Or kindergarten. True. <laughs> yes. yeah, the craziness can you imagine yeah that's that's like god bless all those teachers that you know it just you know it really does take a special person to teach you know you see those little signs and you know cute things that, but the the fact is it's very true yes, that it, it takes is. a special person to teach um, it takes somebody that really has the heart for the kids. Yes. And in a Catholic school, like you talked about, our pay scale, we try to hold it at 80% of what the public schools are at. But it takes somebody that's truly dedicated with their faith and then with also providing those services for the kids. Yeah. yeah. So most of my teachers have been there a long time yeah. at Holy Family. And we try to make sure... They stay happy so they don't want to retire. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But we all know yeah. that those days are coming too. It, it's wonderful to have teachers that are like that, that are so dedicated to the kids. And you, the kids know that. They see yeah. that. So, so with teaching this long and now as a principal, you must have seen kids of students that came through, right? You know, second generation. Oh, I have actually taught a third generation. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it really was. The, the, the grandmother was a junior when I first started teaching, and then I had her daughter at Western Plains, and then I had the granddaughter at Sacred Heart. So yeah, that was my one and only third generation. They are out there, but we're just not all in the, the same spot. One of the things that's interesting to me, too, is how many people that I have at Holy Family that have ties to Ness County. And I have kids at Holy Family that I taught their dads 
and Utica and in Western Plains. So it's been interesting to see that. And I'm honored when I see those people bring their kids to me at Holy Family because they know Mrs. Hagen's is going to want to have a good school. And it pleases me to see those little guys come. That's, that is truly, truly a blessing to have that available to all the people of Great Bend to, to really have a, a solid Catholic school available. Well, and without, you know, you can't have things like that without the support of the parish. And we have a very strong parish that so many people talk about they went to, and at one time there wasn't a holy family of a St. Rose and St. Pat's. And so they went to one of those schools and now their kids went through and their grandkids are going through now. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the strength of our parish and the support of our school is our lifeline as well. Yeah. I I, I agreed. Agreed. You can't, you have to have one to have the other. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, we want to make sure that we say a prayer. So I'm going to ask you to to give last thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners, maybe how they can get more information, take a tour, whatever. And then I also, if you would be willing to lead us in a prayer. Uh, If anybody Mm -hmm. would like to tour Holy Family School, we would love to be able to show you what our school offers and especially show you the new technology that's come into our school. All you have to do is call the school and visit with my secretary, Mrs. Hayes, and she will get word to me and we can set up a time to tour. And especially if people would like to bring their kids in to be able to see that as well. There will be a lot of things during Catholic Schools Week that we will offer to the public and a lot of word that will get out through Great Bend Post of what is happening at Holy Family School. But I encourage everyone, if they have time, on December 13th to come to the fifth and sixth grade musical out at Barton County Community College, and then also come to our programs on the 6th and the 14th, and those will be held at the parish center next to the church. Very, very good. Wonderful. We thank you very much, and would you also lead us in a prayer? Sure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, we thank you for the privilege of being able to teach in a Catholic school and to offer this to the children that's in Great Bend and in Hayes, in Nest City, to be able to have those services and to attend to a Catholic school. We ask you to be with the teachers as they continue to give to the school and the dedication that they have to our students. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, So good to have you here. Thank you for having me. I enjoy talking about Catholic schools. And, you know, education has been my life. And uh, it's, it's been fun. I've enjoyed every minute of it. Thank you for your dedication oh, over sure. all those years. So yes. forming so many, so many young people. So well, thank a lot you. of people ask me how much longer I want to teach. And I said, you know, as long as it's still fun. I will. Yeah. I'll know when it's when, when it's, it's not. not. Fun yeah. So good. So good. Thank you. I appreciate uh-huh. it. Thanks for tuning into One Body Stewarding God's Creation. This year, Divine Mercy Radio is celebrating Mother Angelica, and so we will be ending these shows with a quote from Mother. Today's quote is, "If you're breathing and you've got two legs, you're called to holiness. You're listening to the network of stations of Divine Mercy Radio. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts.